0: Thank you for joining us for a message from the Christian Fellowship Church of Kandu, North Dakota. Please visit our website for more information about our church at CanduCFC.com. So we're starting a new series today. um, And prayer has been on my mind a lot in the last month and a half. So this is going to be a series about prayer. Um, Much of the familiar week-to-week rhythms... These are things that we're that they're they're gone. As I was just praying, these are things that you know we've been used to in our church for such a long time, and now we're we thought, oh, we can live without these for a little while, but now they're they're not available to us. Church as we know it isn't what we've known it to be up until this point. But the thing that God keeps impressing on my heart is that prayer has never been taken away from us. It hasn't been taken away during this pandemic nor during any crisis, nor during any difficulty, uh, nor during any good time or blessing. Prayer has always been present. So that made me wonder about prayer. Questions started to fill my mind about prayer and on our church and things like that. Questions like, well, what makes prayer important to someone? And what makes prayer important to a church? I, I don't know if it's, it's just teaching about prayer. I don't know if it's experiencing God in prayer. But I, I wonder, what is it that kind of causes prayer to be a hinge in our faith? Another question I ask is, how do we grow in prayer? I mean, if we, if we grew up in a, in a church or if we grew up in a Christian family, or even if we've been a part of a church for just a little while, we understand, oh, okay, prayer is something that we do. Uh, but how do we go from just doing prayer to growing in prayer and having it become central, having it become foundational in our life? Then I wonder, okay, well, if there's that growth piece, what about the opposite? What prevents us from praying? What gets in our way? What's a hurdle? What's a roadblock? What's an obstacle from us truly engaging in life-giving prayer? I also wonder, too, when everything else is stripped away, very similar to the situation that we're in right now, will we pray? What will it take for us to become desperate to pray? And I, I'm thinking this pandemic may have something to do with causing a desire for prayer. I'm not sure. Will we pray? Not because we have to, but because we want to. That's, that's another thing. Nobody has to pray right now. You know, you're, you're watching this on a, on a TV screen or a computer screen or your phone. And when I pray, you can put the phone down and go for a snack. You don't have to pray. But what's going to cause us to want to pray? And finally, what, what does God want us to pray for? All of these were questions that were, were swirling around in my mind, and I, I think there's a lot of, of worthwhile thought that should be given to answering these questions for our lives and for our church. So today we're going to start a series, and I hope that we're going to be able to hone in on the supernaturally practical aspects of prayer I'm calling this series Foundations in Prayer because right off the hop, I think we need to see that prayer is once again the most basic and essential function of who we are as Christ followers. It's not an advanced technique that you add to your repertoire as a Christian down the road once you've been following Jesus for years. Prayer is, is the way that we begin a relationship with Jesus and maintain a relationship with Jesus. So I think it's absolutely critical for how we connect to him initially and remain connected with him throughout our lives. So with that said, I want to pray, and then we're going, to, we're going to dive into the teaching portion of our message this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you that we can talk to you. I really don't know what to ask for besides this one thing. Please make prayer way more valuable in our lives than it is already. Even if we hold it as an extremely valuable thing, I pray that you will help prayer to become everything to us. Yeah, that's, that's what we need, Lord. Amen. All right, so let's get into the, into the message now. Many generations of Christians have wondered if God knows everything, including all our needs, why do I need to pray to him? This is one of the most common questions I heard students ask while I was working in youth ministry. And it's a good question. All questions are good if we are sincerely seeking God through asking these questions. This morning, we're going to look at eight reasons why we need to pray why prayer is foundational, why it is crucial and essential to our walk with God. And these are exciting things. I, I really don't feel that as we go through this list, these things are going to be a burden on you, but they're going to actually help you and me to say, wow, I want to pray if that's what can happen in my life and between me and God through that simple practice. So let's, let's start with these eight reasons. Reason number one why we need to pray is to simply bring us back to God. In its most basic form, prayer is always a cry for help. We ask for help when we have a need that we can't meet on our own. Paul and James write about this idea. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And James four two says, You do not have what you need because you do not ask God. And God promises to help us when we ask Him for help. Matthew 21 verse 22 says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So clearly, God's word, the Bible, teaches us that our needs are met through praying to God. But Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 8, he says something kind of interesting. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Then, three verses later, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, asking God to give them their daily bread. So if God knows our needs before we pray, why, once again, do we need to even bother praying? Well, it appears that God has tied our needs being met to the practice of prayer for this reason, so that we will stay connected to him. We weren't designed to live apart from the one who created us. That means that we weren't designed to have our needs met apart from him either. John 15 verse 4 and 5 say, remain in me or stay with me, Jesus is saying, as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me or with no connection to me, you can do nothing. So God teaches us that our needs are met when we pray to Him. This should encourage us to go to God, so that we can, meet, so that He can meet our daily needs, but also so that through prayer we would simply remain in Him. When we began a relationship with Jesus, we didn't make a handshake agreement that one day we would go to heaven and that would be that, and we could just live our own life. But we started a life with him here on earth. And it's meant to crescendo into our experience in eternity. So we walk with Jesus here on earth from day one all the way until we our bodies give out and we go into eternity. And then in eternity, it just keeps getting better. We reach the pinnacle of our relationship with God. So prayer is the way that we enter into faith. We prayed and asked Jesus for forgiveness for our sins, and we continue on with that to remain and strengthen our connection. Reason number two why we need to grow or why we need to pray is to grow in our faith in God. God waits for us to ask Him, so that when we receive what we ask for, we will clearly see that God is the one who provided for us. When we see time and time again that God provided we begin to trust God more and our faith in him increases. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Every good thing that we could possibly accomplish as a Christian is linked to our faith in God. If we don't believe that he can do something, it's going to be difficult for him to do it. But if we believe, we will have a faith that can move mountains, as Jesus says. And everything is then possible. So how do we get this kind of faith? Well, one significant way to grow in faith is to personally experience God. For example, Jesus said that the most important important commandment in the Bible is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. However, we will not be able to love the Lord like this until we have experienced God's incredible love for us. After all, 1 John 4 verse 19 says, We love him because... He first loved us. So how do we first experience God and his love? Well, through prayer. This is how it works, okay? Remember James 4 verse 2, it said, you do not have because you do not ask God. Well, we discovered during our Abiding in Christ series that God answers our prayers and he desires to answer our prayers. When God hears and answers our prayers, we learn that he cares about us because we see him at work. He's listening to us. He's answering our prayers. He's good to us, like if a good father is. When he blesses us in ways that we weren't expecting or weren't even asking for, we then experience his great wisdom and his generosity. And when he does something miraculous in order to answer our prayers, we see his power at work. When we experience God like this, We begin to trust him. When we trust him, we're led to worship him. When we worship him, we can't do it out of a place of non-love, but we worship him simply because we love what he's doing for us in our lives. And our love grows in sincerity. And then we operate with more obedience and more faith, even when we can't see exactly how things are going to work out. But because God has answered our prayers in the past, we have faith that he's going to continue to work and continue to be good to us. A personal example of this from my life. Part of being a pastor is doing funerals. And sometimes I do funerals for people that I've never spoken to or met before. That makes me nervous. I wonder, how can I properly help people say goodbye to a person that I've never met or had a conversation with myself? So in those moments, I pray and I ask God for help to know how to minister to people who are mourning. And he is so good to me. He enables me to speak words of comfort and encouragement that bring peace to a family that is in mourning. I look back and I even say to myself, how on earth did that work in the way that it did? Through answering my prayers in the past, I see how God loves me and my love for him grows. As my love for him grows, my faith in God and his ability to answer my prayers grows as well. This gives me faith to pray more and more, to ask for more audacious things because God you love me. I know that if I pray in your will, these good things will happen. And that's where faith is stirred up in all of us. So that's a, that's a beautiful reason. Reason number three why we need to pray is to love and have fellowship with God. God wants us to love him and have fellowship with him. The Bible says uh, this about a man named Enoch who walked with God. Genesis 5 verse 22 and 24. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more because God took him away. So how do you walk with God? What does that look like? That's, that's kind of like Christian lingo that we use. Well, the best way, the easiest way is through prayer because prayer is communication, right? Communicating with someone helps you have a relationship with them and you are able to walk together. It's no different between us and God. Enoch's walk with God pleased God so much that he took Enoch from this earth without Enoch actually dying. Hebrews 11.5 comments about this, saying, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. This is awesome, isn't it? Enoch wasn't mentioned in scripture for what he accomplished or or wars that he fought or great deeds that he did. But it was for having a close fellowship with God. And his love for God was obvious to God himself. What a great thing to be known for. Jesus said in John 17, verse three, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life isn't just knowing facts about God, but experiencing God through knowing him as a friend and in fellowship. When God is our friend, that's when love for him really wells up. That's when we're experiencing true fellowship. We can see this idea of prayer leading to love and fellowship when God in first or, or with God in first in Peter one verse eight Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Isn't that incredible? It, it absolutely is. We can have a close fellowship and friendship with God even though we have not laid eyes on him like we look at other people here on earth. Our time spent with God in prayer can result in, in some of the most intense love and fellowship and joy that we've ever felt so good that it's actually inexpressible as that, as that passage says. The joy of the fellowship that we have with the unseen God is beyond words. Jesus invites every church and every believer to open the doors of their hearts so that they can have this kind of close fellowship and love with him through prayer. Jesus says in Revelation 3 verse 20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and he with me. This is not a salvation passage, but this is a fellowship passage with Christ. All this means that we don't just speak to God in prayer and then run away without actually having a conversation with him, but we also hear from God in prayer. That's when our fellowship with God really takes off when we speak and listen and hear the voice of God speaking back to us. Reason number four why, it's, uh, why we need to pray is to change us. Because we need to be changed in our prayers. When we go to God in, or into God's presence through prayer, it does have an effect on us. It brings change into our lives. Let's look at two examples of how we are changed in prayer. So example number one is this. Our desires are replaced by God's desires. Isaiah, for example, was profoundly changed by his encounter with God in prayer. Isaiah 6, verse 1 to 7 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So this is, what, this is the vision that, that uh, Isaiah is seeing as he is spending time in prayer with God. And here's Isaiah's reaction. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, and with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, he touched it to my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Isaiah saw the holiness of God and immediately recognized his own wretchedness. And he desired then to be holy as God is holy. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Where, God, where does God give us these kinds of desires to be holy like he is holy? Well, for Isaiah, it was in prayer. And personally, in my life, the more I press into Jesus, the more I spend time with him in prayer and in his word, the greater my desire becomes, not because I'm choosing it, but because the Holy Spirit's working in me, the greater my desire becomes or grows to become more like Jesus. That's a great thing. Example number two of of how God changes us in prayer is our understanding is changed. Peter was praying at noon when he suddenly was confronted by a vision from God that challenged his thinking about the Gentiles place in the kingdom of God. Though he didn't fully comprehend the meaning of this vision instantly, he responded to a knock at the door that he was told would would be coming, and he followed the three men at his door to the house of a Gentile. And when he arrived at that Gentile's house, his house was full of other Gentiles. As Peter began to speak to those who were at that house, the spirit showed up, came down on those who were gathered there. And suddenly Peter understood the vision that he had seen earlier that he had received in prayer. And so prayer changes us. When we spend time with God, he's going to reveal things to us. It's going to change the way we think. My wisdom and your wisdom on its own is so insufficient for understanding all the things that God wants to do with us. That's why we desperately need to go to God regularly and consistently that he may change us. Reason number five why we need to pray is to strengthen us for battle. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. God's glorious riches give us life and strength. Let's look at two examples here. So God's glorious riches give us joy, which is a strength for us. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The, The Lord's joy in us rejuvenates us and gives us strength to carry on. Another example would be hope. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Lack of hope in our lives leads to weakness. When we're full of hope, we are then full of life. And hope like joy comes to us from the Lord. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of what? The Holy Spirit. Here, peace is also mentioned as one of the glorious riches that God gives us to strengthen us. So how do we get these and all of the other glorious riches that God makes available to us through Jesus Christ well, Jesus said that just like a branch receives nutrients from being connected to the vine, we receive spiritual nutrients by being connected vitally to Jesus. Once again, John fifteen five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Bearing much fruit is a depiction of strength and doing nothing or apart from me, you can do nothing. That describes the weakness of the state that we're in when our connection with Jesus is suffering. Without remaining with Christ, we can't do anything. We will lack life and strength. So what is our responsibility in all of this? Simply to abide in Christ and abiding happens as we pray. 20 years ago, I was on a missions trip in downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Our leaders told us one night that the next day, when we got up, we were going to be heading into the grittiest part of Vancouver, and we were going to be speaking to people on the street about Jesus. Naturally, all of us became quite timid. We were just 19 and 20-year-olds, quite young and, and quite inexperienced with a lot of these kinds of things. The people that we were going to be talking to included business people, the homeless, drug addicts. Prostitutes and anyone else that we could possibly meet on on East Hastings Boulevard. This was intimidating. Our group prayed for quite a while because we needed strength from the Lord. For myself, I remember God giving me a tremendous courage that next morning after we prayed and we hit the streets. I felt like I was able to walk up to anyone and talk to them like I already knew them. That wasn't my own strength. That was God doing that for me. Time with Jesus through prayer gives us strength. At the conclusion of the Armor of Christ passage in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us that we get the armor that he just described through praying. That's Ephesians 6, verse 18 and 19, if you want to look it up. We gain strength from God to face whatever comes our way through prayer. That's why prayer is something that we absolutely need to do. Reason number six, why we need to pray. To take God's presence into our living and ministering. All of us have a life that we live. We work, we have responsibilities, and in that we have ministry opportunities, whether they're formal, as maybe we're a vocational ministry person, or ministry opportunities simply through the interactions that God allows us to have with other people. There's two ways to face all these areas of our life. We can rely on our presence to be good enough in those situations, or we can rely on God's presence to be what we're leaning on in those situations. If we have prayer as our foundation, we take God, God's presence from our quiet times in prayer with him, we take that into our lives if our prayer if prayer isn't our foundation we're relying solely on ourselves and not god which is to me a scary proposition can we be effective christians in life and in ministry without god's presence No, we can't because you and I have very limited power. In fact, we have almost none. We have just a tiny little bit of influence over other people. But God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they have tremendous influence in ways that you and I, we can't. So we need to meet with God in prayer, allowing him to pour himself into us so that we aren't operating under our own limited authority, but under God's authority, which is unlimited and has already defeated the greatest opposition that has ever come against him. We see this principle, this idea about spending time with God and then going with his presence into ministry with power. We see that in Jesus's personal life. Acts 10 verse 38 says this. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. How? For God was with him. Jesus, even Jesus needed to have the presence of the Father with him to be effective in ministry. If Jesus needed that, we are desperate for that kind of infilling. Reason number seven why we need to pray to actively participate in, God's, in, in the kingdom advancement. All over scripture, God invites us to pray according to what he wants to do. Jesus instructs us to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. He tells us to ask that laborers be sent into the harvest fields. Paul says, pray for us, to do, or, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly. Let me ask you this question. Wasn't God planning to do all of those things already? Wasn't he planning for his kingdom to come for him to harvest uh, and bring people into his kingdom and to spread the word of God through people? Wasn't he planning to do that? Of course he was. So why would we need to pray? Well, apparently, our prayers make a difference. Why, God would never ask us to do something that was useless or didn't make sense or didn't make an impact. He believes that our prayers have power because he made them that way. That's why he's asking us to pray. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he was saying that it was through their prayers that God's will in heaven would take place on earth. Some people say, well, I want to do big things for the kingdom of God. I want to go. I, want to, I don't have time to sit around. Well, if you want to do good, big things, that's good, but you have to pray. That's the only way those things can be accomplished. Jesus shows us that he works through our prayers to advance his kingdom on earth. What an amazing privilege that is. And I don't want us to deny us ourselves that privilege simply by saying, I don't need to pray. And finally, reason number eight, why we need to pray to receive specific direction for living and ministering. God told the prophet Elijah to pray for no rain and it didn't rain for three years. Then God told him to pray for rain and it did rain. However, many times it isn't just prayer that God desires, but he, he wants actions to follow our prayers as well. Nehemiah prayed and then asked God to give him favor as he was going to make a request of the king. Esther asked the Jews to join her in prayer and fasting before carrying out an elaborate plan to save her people, the Jews. But it isn't just any action that God requires. He doesn't say pray and then go do whatever you want. We usually don't know the best course of action to take because we're not God. We must be able to hear in prayer so that the Holy Spirit can direct us where He wants us to go. Take Philip, for example. I love this story. The angel of the Lord told Philip to leave a very successful ministry that he had amongst the Samaritans and go out to a desert road that led away from Jerusalem. Philip didn't even know what the purpose of that instruction was. He didn't get all the details, but he said, okay, and he went. Philip saw one man on this road, an Ethiopian eunuch. Seriously, leave a huge, successful ministry to minister to one person? Man, in our minds, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But nonetheless, there he is. As he's standing on this desert road, the the Spirit tells Philip, go up to the chariot where this Ethiopian is and stay near it. Philip ends up telling this Ethiopian about Jesus, baptizing him, and as a result, the gospel makes its way into Africa. Only a prideful and arrogant human mind says that they know the mind of God without prayer. Ooh, that's a scary place to be. Friends, we need to pray so that we can hear God and act according to His direction in our lives. So there, there you have it. There's eight reasons why we we absolutely need to pray. Even if you, for some reason, disagree with one or two of these Every one of us has at least one reason why we need to pray. And for sure, that is to get close to God and stay close with him. But I believe that all eight of these reasons are actually extremely crucial for the life of a Christian to function in a way that is pleasing to God. If we omit omit even one of these things, I think that we are going to be denying God access to a portion of our lives. So, Lord, our, our friends, I, I pray that the Lord is going to continue to work in your heart, continue to, to lead you into a place where you see the value and the necessity of prayer. I pray that he is going to, to give you a desire to pray in a way that you've never prayed before. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I remember, I remember probably 10 years ago when I first got into ministry, I, I had a prayer life. I would not say it was exceptional, I would not say it was sufficient, uh, but it was a start. And God took that prayer life where I was willing to give him time and he grew something in me. As I committed to giving him 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, God increased my desire to pray. As he increased my desire, he then showed me so many different ways in which I could spend time with him in prayer that would feed my soul, that would nourish me, and that would lead me into living my life in power and authority instead of just as a guy who is trying to be nice. Friends, let's, let's press in. I, I just encourage you strongly to allow the Holy Spirit to work this in your heart this week and put these things into practice. If you weren't writing these things down, that's okay. You can always play this message back. But pray through all eight of these points and ask God to work in you in these ways because these are the ways in which he's interested in working. We saw them in Scripture, and now we need to give God time in our lives so that he can make these things happen. Let's bow and pray. Uh, to close off our time together this morning. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Thank you for for your Bible and how it is filled with wonderful ideas that teach us about the importance and and the experience that we can have through prayer. Lord, I'm sure that there are many people listening to this to this service, and, and some of them are just fantastic, seasoned prayer warriors. They pray every day, and they go for long periods of time in prayer, spending time in your presence. But even there, Lord, we still need correction. We still need direction so that we would know how you want us to pray, not just praying with a lot of, um, a lot of volume, but praying with a lot of focus. And Jesus, there's also people probably on the opposite end of the spectrum where, man, I don't really pray at all. And, and I, I know that it's important, but I, I don't really know how to start. You know, if that's, if that's us, then I pray, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit is going to give them some ideas of ways that they can start just based on these eight ways or reasons why we can pray. And Lord, for everyone else in the middle or, or somewhere else, another place where I haven't talked to specifically or mention specifically these these people. I pray that your Holy Spirit is going to help us to understand where we need to grow. I pray that we would stop and pray and spend time asking, Lord, how should my prayer life grow? Where should I be giving you more time? Where do you desire to do a greater work in my life than I'm allowing you to do? And then I pray, Father God, that we would stop being busy and we would give you time in prayer that we would go to bed earlier and get up earlier before our kids before work before the busyness of the day so that we would give you the valuable time that you need to do a work in our lives thank you father God so much that you have invited us into prayer and that we are invited to speak to you and to hear your voice speaking back to us allow us the the heart change right now that would make this kind of prayer activity in our lives crucial and regular. We ask these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And friends, you know, one other thing I want to mention to you. I know that in our church, I've, I've pushed us a little bit sometimes. And I'll say, hey, let's, let's get up and pray with someone else. And I can see the look in your eyes. You're like, are you kidding me? You're asking me to pray out loud or with another person? Well, for those of you who are intimidated, perhaps, or fearful or just uncertain about how to pray and, and, and in interacting with God in your own prayer life, I'm going to make you an offer right now. I posted this on Facebook this week, but I want to make mention of it again. If you would like to learn how to pray, and you're, and you're a little bit scared to ask for that kind of help, I'm offering it. Uh, You know, and uh, this is going to be something very basic and entry level. So I'm not going to be over your head and uh, we're not going to do anything wild and crazy. We're just going to learn how we can speak freely to God and maybe even how to hear him and and respond to what he wants to say to us. I just want to help build your confidence. And I'm not going to do this in a big group where I'm going to put you with a partner and then all of a sudden, oh man, I don't even know this person and now I'm supposed to pray with them. No, it's not like that at all. If you want to meet one-on-one with me, we can do this on Zoom or or some sort of way online. Please, don't deny yourself the privilege of learning how to interact with God. It's not about performance. It's simply about practicing being in the presence of the Lord. Text me, call me, email me, send me a message on Facebook, whatever you want. My number, once again, 701-303-0811. Get a hold of me because this is something that is crucial to your faith and to mine. I needed someone to teach me how to pray when I was younger or when I was a little younger in my faith anyhow. And I would love to do the same for you. So don't deny yourself this opportunity. God bless you, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning.